0: Good morning everyone. It is a balmy 59 degrees or so on a Saturday here in December and I want to wish you all a great weekend. Thank you for joining us here on 93.7 The Fan. Bob Pompiani here. Matty Harkins behind the glass and he'll be taking your phone calls if you want to call the hotline at 412-928-9370. Also want to remind you our show is brought to you by PNC Bank. Make today the day. Thank you to PNC. Also, number one Cochrane, shop 24-7 with Expressway at Cochran.com. Iron Rock Taphouse out in Greensburg, great place to watch sports all day, right next to the live casino. Ireland Contracting, home of the nightly sports call, Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman, where they got your back, not your wallet. Hit me up on Twitter if you'd like, as well, at KD KDPomp. We have a lot to get into today. And uh, before I get into the Steeler talk, because that's been a big conversation all week, we do have a very interesting day in college football. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about how, if you had to make a vote on this, who would end up in the final four of the college football playoff? Last night, Washington took care of business. 34-31, they beat Oregon for the second time this year. I think that helps them. And I think they're automatically in. They were ranked third coming in. They finished 13-0. and They win the Pac-12, what's left of it. <laughs> and they're going to be in. They're one team in. Now, if Georgia beats Alabama today, which many expect, that's one versus eight, you'll see that one on KDKA, that big SEC championship, then Georgia obviously is in. But if Alabama should beat Georgia today, that's when things start to become very interesting. You would think that Michigan would beat Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. Michigan has everything to play for here, and they should win it. Here is the conundrum, potentially. If Florida State struggles with Louisville, and even if they win it, but if they win it, you know, there's a part of me that says you're a Power 5 team, you go undefeated in your conference, you win your conference tournament, your championship, then you should automatically be in. Now, they don't have their top quarterback, of course. However, Louis, Louisville's loss last week really kind of took a little of the shine away from this game, I think. You know, Louisville's a good team. Somehow Pitt beat them. Florida State should win this game. The question is, if they're undefeated, Win that game. Should they be denied a spot either for Alabama or for Texas? If Texas should be Oklahoma State and I bring Texas up because they beat Alabama, the only Alabama loss. My guess is Florida State would be in. Washington's in. The easiest thing to do is have Georgia, Michigan, and Florida State win. It's over. Then you know what you got. There is no confrontation, no controversy of any sort. But. If you start seeing some upsets, like what, for example, of Iowa, I don't expect this to happen, by the way, and I would never bet on it, but what if Iowa beats Michigan out of the blue? Now what happens? Some people could say and make a case for Ohio State. I'm not going to go that far, but it would depend on what happens. Let's say Iowa, Louisville, and Oklahoma State all pull upsets today. Now what?
1: Chaos. Huh? That's what I'm reading for. I'm reading for chaos.
0: Chaos would be interesting. Yeah, it would be even crazier if Alabama, Iowa, Louisville, and Oklahoma State, all underdogs, win. <laughs> and then, you know, you may have Washington as the top seed, and then who knows how it goes after that. But that's what the committee has to deal with. I'd like to hear what you have to say at 412-928-9370 is the number to call. If it's all al-
1: underdogs win, does that mean Bama gets in, you think?
0: Yes. If all underdogs win, I think Bama gets in, yes. Because of the tournament committee selection, they, they, they like that team. Um but Texas is a wild card in this. I just because they beat Alabama, I don't know what's going to happen in that regard. Anyway, I'd like to hear from you on that at four one two nine two eight ninety three seventy. Also, we got the big Steeler game. And it's big because yeah, it's Arizona, I know. They're two and ten, they're struggling. Zach Ertz didn't he wanna be there. He's out. You know, they they have Kyler Murray and he's certainly capable of doing some crazy things back there if he's healthy, but is he the same Kyler Murray that we've seen? James Conner comes back into town. Good to see James, and I'm so happy how he's doing physically more than anything else and overcoming cancer and all the stuff he had to go through. He's averaging 5.1 yards per carry. That's pretty significant stuff, 528 yards on a year. Their biggest receiver is Hollywood Brown, uh, and then they got a bunch of guys you probably never heard of, like Greg Dortch, like Trey McBride, those kind of guys. Now, defensively, they give up an awful lot. They really do. 300. 46 yards a game, 27 points a game. Uh, I can't imagine the Steelers not winning this game. And it would be important if they win it and win it impressively to make a statement here moving ahead. Ravens have the week off. They're in a bye. What a great time for a bye. However, the Ravens schedule versus the Steelers schedule is pretty much night and day in terms of strength. The Ravens have a much more difficult road to hoe here. They do because they start next week after this week. They get their bye. Then they have the Rams at home all right, they're better than the Rams. They should win that game. But their last four games are all against teams that are going to be in this conversation. Baltimore at Jacksonville. Baltimore at San Francisco. Miami at Baltimore. And then the Steelers at Baltimore. So the last game of the year could very well be for the division championship if the Steelers take care of their business. Do they have a path? Sure they have a path, but they got to take care of it. they got two games this week. You're going to see Arizona 2-10. and 10. Then you're going to see New England... And they're not even going to go with Mac Jones this week. So, Bailey Zappi will get the start. And he'll probably be the start here in Pittsburgh on Thursday. So, uh, you get to 9-4 and four, and then you have a chance with three games remaining. The first of those three, by the way, in case you missed it, is now a four thirty start on Saturday, December the 16th. So, we'll have that one for you on KDK. And then it's a Saturday M against the Bengals on the 23rd of December. Before that final game at Baltimore. So that's something to get into. It's been a busy week for the Steelers, of course. They had a uh, a win last week in Cincinnati, and even though they only scored 16 points, you got to believe that's going to go up in time now because they finally seem to have some freedom in terms of operating offensively. Kenny Pickett targeted tons of tight ends, mostly Pat Fryer, but I think 14 total targets went to tight ends when you factor in Darnell Washington and Connor Hayward. 12 of 14 was his numbers. Friermuth got the most yards of any receiving person in the NFL last week at 120 with nine receptions on 11 targets. That's something that should help them out quite a bit. Couple that with their run game, which looks very healthy at this point. So I think the Steelers have an opportunity to get 2-9-4. I would expect that. And if not, then they're going to have some problems. But you know the NFL and how this goes, you know? Two-thirds of this history of 2023 – uh it always goes down to the last four weeks you know 17 of the past seven uh 19 seasons I think that's right if I could add right 17 of the past 19 a team with a losing record through 11 games has made the postseason I remember this because last year was Jacksonville they were four and seven at this point they now arguably are in a much weaker division but they rebounded to win that division they then won a playoff game and almost came to the AFC Championship game, fell a touchdown short. So there are teams like that this year. I, you know, I, I admire what Sean Payton's done in Denver. I didn't think that was possible. They were 1-5. and five. All of a sudden, they're back on the train. It's 6-5 and five now. Minnesota started 0-3. I think both Denver and Minnesota started 0-3 this year. Anyway, it's very difficult to make the playoffs, but they're both in position where they can do that. 412-928-9370. Specifically, we'll get into Deontay Johnson. We'll talk about... Scoring plays, whether or not to throw the challenge flag, and should the rule be amended? We will get into that as well. Four one two nine two eight ninety three seventy. Penguins and Flyers tonight. That's always fun to watch the Flyers come to town, and they're better than you think. They have one more point than the Penguins to this point of the season. Penguins coming off a nice come from behind win at Tampa. Jeff Carter on the board, nice give and go by Matt Nieto, and then Tristan Jari with a goalie goal. Pretty awesome stuff there. Let's go to the lines at 412-928-9370. we got Toby in Butler. Hey, Toby, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good, thank you.
1: Hey, just a comment. Uh, we know in sports in hockey and even the Steelers, I think, did it as a sixth seed. With things looking on the up and up with Pickett, nobody seems to be talking about, hey, this team could get on a roll and make, make some noise in there. I mean, they haven't done nothing yet, but any team that gets hot, rated playoff time season, whether it be the Penguins, the Steelers, whoever, they can make some noise, and nobody seems to be talking about this because Pickett's starting to. I mean, what if Pickett starts opening up and getting a little harder? That's just a thought. I'd like your opinion.
0: on Yeah, that. Toby, I agree. And, and again, the schedule set up for this. <clears throat> the last thing I want to see tomorrow is an ugly win. You know, something that is just one of those games we've seen before. They took a step in the right direction last week when they got 421 yards. Now, again, they need to score more points, but they dominated the football. They had it for 37 minutes. You do that with a healthy run game and Pat Frymuth back in it and two pretty good receivers on the outside, you should be able to do more than that. Their offensive line, I give them a lot of credit this past week. They were opening up holes. They have a lot of athletic people. Broderick Jones has been outstanding every time he's in there. He moves. You know, you, you, you pull him. You can pull Samalu. Those guys are very athletic and they do make things happen, so uh, – I would expect the Steelers to win impressively tomorrow. I, you know, the Lions are only like six and a half or seven. I wouldn't mess with that just because I don't know. That stuff is so hard to try to figure out. The other big news of this uh, week was the um, modern era players, 25 of them, semifinalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2024. Now, they got some first-year eligibility people, and these are going to be tough to not think they can get in. Antonio Gates and Julius Peppers. They have leftover guys. Two of them are Steelers. James Harrison, who I believe should eventually. I don't know that it's going to happen now. This is the second time up, but he should be in the Hall of Fame. And I say that from this point of view. James Harrison, his story needs to be told from start to finish. You know, I don't think he started a game until he's 28 years old. He had that undrafted free agent tag. He was cut, released four different times. You know how long it took him to get that first opportunity? I think that does have to be in the conversation. When you look at all the things he's done with arguably the best player in Super Bowl history, defensive player of the year after being undrafted and cut four times, that says a lot about him and what he what he overcame to get there. So I think in time he will get there. Is it time for Heinz Ward? Again, this is difficult because you have a lot of receivers on this list. Anquan, and they do come – to this situation where you got so many of these receivers you can't take all receivers you have Anquan Bolden up against him you have Torrey Holt you have Andre Johnson Steve Smith and Reggie Wayne now if you're going to look strictly at numbers go ahead but I also again the story on Hines has to be that he played on a team that was a run first team he was asked to do things that a run first team asks you to do therefore that has to be part of this he changed rules with his blocking ability. He still had 1,000 catches. He still had 85 touchdowns. There's a lot to like about that resume. But again, it's difficult when you got to go from 25 to 15, and then he has to get I think it's important that he gets to be a finalist this year. That would maybe get him a little bit closer. And will it happen? We'll see. But I, I think both those guys certainly have resumes that uh, should be discussed thoroughly and how they got to where they got. 412-928-9370. Got more coming up. I want to hear from you. Call. The Hotline, or hit me up on Twitter at KD Pomp and we'll take a break. Come back, we'll talk about Deontay Johnson, what he said to the media this week, and also that touchdown that wasn't. We'll get into that and more right here on the Bob Pompey Show, Sports Radio, 93.7 The Fan. All right, you know Twitter is brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Peters Township. Visit them online at SouthHillsJeep.com. You know the fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money. For you, And it's that time of year. You know, the City of Pittsburgh Gingerbread House competition. Visit this amazing display in the grand lobby of the City County Building, including the Odyssey Pittsburgh Gingerbread House display. Don't miss that. And vote online for your favorite to win the People's Choice Award. Details at pittsburghpa.gov forward slash gingerbread. 412-928-9370. Sean in Imperial is on the lines right now. He wants to talk some sports. What's up, Sean? Hey, Bo- hey, Bob, thanks for taking
1: my call. I wanted to talk a little golf. I know you're a golf guy. Uh, recently, it sounds like some serious rumors about John Rahm jumping over to live in the range of $600 million, which is just crazy to think about. But I know recently, you know, Fenway Sports Group has kind of thrown their hat in the ring, and, and the PGA Tour came out and announced the merger, but nothing really has happened. I just wanted to get your thoughts on how you kind of see this mess kind of playing out and what the end result is. Sean, I don't
0: think anyone knows. Honestly, Jay Monahan looks to be out. Um, You know, he, he brokered this deal and he went against what he originally said, which really r- rackled the feathers of some of these guys on tour. They they want money now. Um, It's just, it's a mess. You know, Sean, that's the only word I can think of. It's a mess. How are they going to still conduct their own separate business and yet be eligible to play in different things? I still want to know how that works. Uh, and how are they going to, you know, when it comes to Ryder Cup points, when it comes to President's Cup points, when it comes to qualifying for majors, how does it work, you know? And if you're going to give out still this kind of money on the Live Tour, I won't blame anyone for taking them, would you? Absolutely
1: not. I mean, $600 million is, you know, obviously life-changing money. Now, my friends and I were talking, could you ever see a scenario where the the Saudis would do something like this with the XFL and start uh, plucking quarterbacks?
0: It's interesting that you said that. Someone else brought that up to me. I, You know, I don't know that they'll go that far. <clears throat> and I don't know that it would win. But, Sean, thank you for the call. I, all I know is that there's still no resolution of what is going to happen this year. The PGA Tour season starts in a month. They're still playing different events now. But, you know, they go to uh, Kapalua then the Sony uh, in Hawaii. And we'll see. But... Uh, I don't know what's happening. I really. I wish there was more information on it, but it's still very much up in the air. 412-928-9370. Greg in Youngstown joins us right now. Hey, Greg. How's it going? What's up? <laughs> hey, you
1: talk about Heinz Ward. There is no doubt in my mind he should be in the Hall of Fame. Three Super Bowls, an MVP, two championships, Steve Smith, nothing. The other two Jokers, nothing. Best blocking receiver ever made Ben a better quarterback when he was younger, because he would go over the middle and get smacked in the face and catch the ball. This guy
0: deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. No doubt about it. I agree, but this is his eighth time. Even those who you would think would get in earlier, like Bettis had to wait five years, Fanica had to wait five years. I thought Fanica was a slam dunk as soon as he was eligible. But and I listen, we have a different perspective. We see these guys all the time. There the problem I see it is that people put too much emphasis on statistics only. And there, there's more to this game than statistics. Mike Tomlin said it the other day. Well, he was a football player first, a receiver second. You know, I mean, there are things that, team, that people do to sacrifice for their team even when they're not catching footballs if you're a wide receiver.
1: No, no doubt. Like, you talk about team, and I agree with you. Look at the Steelers this year. We may make the playoffs with a quarterback that may have under 10 touchdowns. When Ben threw in 2018 for 5,000 yards, we didn't make the playoffs. So it does it really matter how many touchdowns these guys throw or how many receiving yards they get. It's all about
0: team. That's all that matters to me. Yep. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. And I, I think that's the thing. But I think the NFL right now is a bunch of watered-down teams. Like, I ask you, which teams do you legitimately look at and say are the best teams? This, they stand above everyone else. I think San Francisco and Philly—that's it in the other conference, the NFC. Those are the only two things they're going to play. By the way, tomorrow, what a game that should be! They got a lot going on in that game. Uh, not to mention, you know, health for the first time for the 49ers. Niners—they're going to head into Philadelphia with a pretty healthy roster. Last year, at this when they're getting into playoffs and playing in that NFC Championship game, no such luck. Josh Johnson, I was I believe, was their quarterback. They went through Garoppolo and. Um, who else was after him? Purdy got hurt, and then boom. I mean, you're down to all these different people. Uh, it's difficult to win. Uh, Philly's a good – but in the AFC, is it Baltimore, Kansas City? You could put a, a net around everybody else. If you get hot at the right team – I cited the example of Jacksonville last year. They were 4-7 and seven at this point of the season after 11 games. Somehow, they won their division. Now, it helps to be in a division that's winnable too. You know, the NFC South is one of those kinds of divisions. So um, – I don't know. The Steelers have a prime opportunity. Worst case scenario, they should be the top wild card. Best case scenario, they should win the AFC North. And I say that knowing that they've been, you know, largely average. But the way it sets up, if you get hot now, and that's what it's going to take, they have a chance to get hot. 412-928-9370. Let's go to Brian in New Jersey. Hey, Brian, what's going on?
1: Hey, Bob. Um... So I, I'm a little disappointed because I thought today was Army-Navy. Apparently I'm a week ahead, so that, that's a little frustrating. <laughs> yeah, that comes later. <laughs> yeah, never miss that one. Anyway, um, I'm like, my call is about the uh, college football, the Final Four, the final Final Four, thank God, after 25, 30-plus years. Right. Um, so you got to think the selection committee really wants Louisville to pull the upset and really wants Georgia to take care of Alabama because if it, if it goes the opposite – Boy, they got another, you know, kerflaggle as far as who to let in and who to keep back. Uh, who would be your four? Uh, well, Washington punched their ticket. I, right. I mean, you can't deny it. No. winner So that's one. Yeah, if Georgia wins Alabama, Alabama's out with two offices, That makes it easy. Um, FSU has it might have their third-string quarterback. They don't want them. They're going to get killed in the playoff. They don't want them anywhere near it, frankly. But if they win, you got
0: a thirteen-year, three thirteen and ACC. Well, before you
1: say um, that, Brian, Michigan's going to beat Iowa because Iowa. I think the over under on points is zero point five yeah. for Iowa to score. So well, but I'm going to throw
0: this out. You say about Florida State? You know they that would be a power five undefeated team. Yeah. I go so back to Ohio to like, State when they had Cardell Jones who had to come in. Remember him? And I know. Everyone I thought before, that.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it is the same kind of situation.
1: It is, but I, I just think our Ohio State team was better than this Florida State team. All right, Matt and I this. threw
0: this was out. It? I want to ask you this: If Alabama wins, if Iowa somehow wins, if Louisville somehow wins, and Oklahoma State beats right. Texas, what happens?
1: Right. Oh jeez. In that case, so you have Washington, um, you have Alabama because if they win, they're in. I mean, let's let's not BS that. Um, if this is going to is Ohio State going to sneak in on the back door? I hope not because they're not that good. <laughs> I mean, to be honest. Um, you know, I think the final four will be um, Texas, Washington, Georgia, and Michigan. You that's said that's Texas. What I think if, would be yeah, okay. yes. If Alabama loses and Texas wins the Big Twelve, I think Texas should definitely get in over Ohio State. Uh, no, yep. like no question on that.
0: Always going to so, have uh, debate on yeah. this, and never. And next year will what be the first year without it.
1: You know they beat Alabama. Who did? Who did Ohio State beat? And don't fill in the blank because I'm going to hate the joke. Yeah, Penn State is not that good. So that's you know that's 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 how it is. they beat Notre Dame. But Notre Dame's always overrated anyway.
0: So whatever. all right, Brian. You would have a hard time committing making these things because they they want you to be objective, not subjective in these meeting rooms. Well,
1: uh, I just don't think Ohio State's that good of a team. That's really what it comes down to. I don't like yeah, them. but they played Michigan I they within
0: three that. points. I, I I get it. I. <laughs>
1: Well, um, I think Michigan opened – what was it? They lost by eight. I like to State lost to both by eight, and I think they – Ohio State lost by eight in the end, I think, last week. I can't remember really, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, I think I, I would actually like to see Texas get in. Not because I like Texas. It's just they beat Alabama. If they run the table, and, you know, they had one. Who did they lose to? I can't even remember. Oklahoma.
0: Oklahoma, right.
1: Oklahoma. So, and then Oklahoma lost a bunch of bad games, like two or three bad games after that. But, you know, at the time, Oklahoma was right top five, six, seven. Yeah. So, uh, that's a pretty good resume.
0: But, Thanks, Brian. Uh, I think
1: they really were hoping for Louisville to
0: win. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. It's going to be interesting to see. It always is. Mike in Green G joins us right now. Hey, Mike, how are you?
3: Good, Bob. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to put my two cents worth in about Heinz and the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they one of the negatives you hear is about the numbers. But nobody I, – I never hear anybody mention the fact, how many games did he sit on the bench behind – Troy Edwards, because he was the number one pick. And Hines was making just about every tackle on special teams, and they wouldn't give him a chance because Edwards was the number one pick. Right. See, I think
0: that's a good point, and that's what I tried to bring up with uh, James Harrison. There's a story behind the story, right? And you should consider that when evaluating somebody's career.
3: Yeah, and uh, another comment I wanted to make was that I I really appreciate you, and, you know, a lot of people tell you that – you know, how, how great you are, and I think the thing that makes you different to me is even though you're alone, uh, there's other sports guys on that station that all they want to do is listen to themselves talk. They don't want to take phone calls. And, you know, even though you're by yourself, you have no one else to talk to, you try to take as many calls as possible and i really
2: appreciate
0: i that. do and because- thanks mike i appreciate that uh, listen all i'm trying to do is have an opportunity to uh, to have conversations with people you know in television it's hard to do because we only have so much time and you got to get right to it so this is an opportunity to and everyone has a different opinion They're, you know some are good some are bad Mine are some are good some are bad you just get out there and let's talk that's what it's, that's what makes sports great i've always maintained that i mean no matter where you go uh, you can go out to dinner, you go to a bar, you go to a sauna. I always sit in a sauna and I have more conversations about sports than anything else. It amazes me, but that's what people like to talk about. So I try to bring that here, and, and that's just my preference of doing it. So thank you. Appreciate that. We got to take a break at 412 928 9370. Thanks to PNC Bank. Make today of the day. Thank you to number one Cochrane. Shop 24 7 with expressway at cochrane.com. And all the sponsors we have, including Ireland Contracting, home of the nightly sports call, Iron Rock Tap House. That's in Greensburg. Great place to dine, to watch sports, great food, great beverage, great time. And come see what everyone's talking about. I'm over and Fishman. You know them. They got your back, not your wallet. We'll come back with more calls up until 1 o'clock, and then Paul Alexander takes the ship from there. It's all right here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. All right, welcome back. As we continue here live, Bob Pompiani along with Matt Harkins. Soon, Joel Nelson will be in that hot seat. Call us at 412-928-9370. The best place to hear about everything black and gold football before every home game is Black and Gold Game Day on 93.7. The fan presented by CGR Wholesale Roofing and Siding Supply Company. Three hours before every home game, we have you covered. All you need to know from around the league with the Black and Gold Live from Rivers Casino Sportsbook brought to you by Tri-State Office Furniture and Saloni's Italian Bread, and on TV we have our BetMGM Steelers Kickoff Show every uh, Sunday before games, 11:30 a.m. Charlie Batch, Rich Walsh, Jerry Dulac, myself will be over at um, Acrisure Stadium getting ready for everything. So make sure you tune in either here or there. And then we have two hours of post game after the Arizona game, and we'll get uh, a little clearer about where the Steelers may be headed here. And we invite you to call us because we do take calls on that um, special Steelers edition of the Ireland Contracting Nightly Sports Call after the game tomorrow on KDKA. All right, big topic this week was Deontay Johnson. Two facets of this conversation. Number one was the touchdown that wasn't. He had everything necessary for it to be a touchdown. Mike Tomlin chose not to challenge that. I guess I understand why, but at the same time, that's one of those that, you know, it's seven points, and they've been struggling to get points. I would have done it just for that reason because it look close enough. The rules have changed. You don't need to survive the ground anymore, all of that. But here's one thing that needs to change with this. The NFL, every year, there are more and more changes to replay, and that's because you go through situations that you don't think you'll need it, and then you adapt and so on. Right now, every scoring play is reviewed automatically, so you don't have to challenge anything, okay? They need to change that now, based on this, what we saw here, to every potential scoring play needs to be reviewed. That's one way to solve this. Because if you don't want to use a challenge on something that, that to me, was a touchdown, but because they called it incomplete, the ruling on the field was uh, incomplete. You don't get to challenge it. But it was a scoring play. Yes, it was. Gene Steratore said so. It was a scoring play. Therefore, change the rule. It's as simple as that possible any possible scoring play is automatically reviewed why not they've gone down this rabbit hole so far there's no reason to stop the other part of that was the play that you know was right afterwards the subsequent snap and that turns out to be a fumble a rare turnover by the Steelers that could have gone for a touchdown great play heads up awareness by Connor Hayward prevented that from happening but if he doesn't get there Pickett wasn't going to get there There were people in front of him. Turner would have gone all the way. Boy, would that have been a turn of events. As it turned out, Deontay Johnson stood there and looked. And listen, here's the one thing that you got to do. And I get it. He may have been thinking about this previous play, upset with himself. He didn't hold on to the ball. He should have. That's makes it a moot point. If you hold on to it, there is no controversy. It's a touchdown then. So um, the bottom line is he stood around. And even though people around him were running, he still stood around. Now, he addressed that in the locker room, and that's how he should do it. But you can't do that. There are days when you do not contribute. I just talked about this with Heinz Ward. You don't contribute by making pass catches. you got to do something else then. Blocking, do whatever it's required to win, that's, that's how this has to be for all players. You may not get the ball a lot on a specific day. Somebody else might. That doesn't mean you should not take plays off. And we see a lot of that in sports. And it shouldn't happen. You're paid a lot of money to do that. You don't want to be in a position where you could have made a play and you didn't because you weren't thinking or your head's not in the game. So I think he addressed that. If they address uh, or announce the um, starting lineups tomorrow and it's offense, I don't know that he's going to be introduced because Mike Tomlin's done that before by not doing it with George Pickens. So we'll get into that a little bit as well. Right now, back to the lines we go. We have Carol in Clinton who joins us online too. Hey, Carol, how are you today? I'm
1: good, Bob. Hey, um, regarding the Hall of Fame, since Ed Bouchette is retired, is he still gonna be the you know, the guy that presents it, you know, to the committee or is there somebody new gonna do that?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I, I still think it's Ed, I'm not sure of that, to be honest. I, I'd have to check, but he's done it for all these years. If someone out there knows or if Ed is listening, please call and let me know. Yeah, Ed. Be- I don't know.
1: Yeah, because um, I think Hines definitely deserves to be in, and I think James Harrison should have just run right in when he ran that 99-yard
0: touchdown in the yard, Super yeah. Bowl.
1: Yeah, whatever it ended up being. But that was one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history. He should have just run right into the Hall of Fame.
0: Well, you know, they have a lot of different people at a lot of different positions, and they look for stats and everything else. So, again, his story was about how he went from undrafted. It's hard to go from undrafted to get a shot. He's perfect example four different times, released, finally got a shot because of an injury, and he ends up being from undrafted a defensive player of the year and then some of these great plays. So I agree with you, but it's going to take some time, Carol. Yeah,
1: okay. All right, Thanks. you have a
0: nice uh, weekend. Thank you for calling. Thank you.
1: Thanks. Let's go to
0: Joe in North for Sales at 412-928-9370. Joe, you're on.
2: Yes, Bob, well, appreciate you for taking the call. Um, I just, uh, you know, think that the Steelers probably will do pretty well these next few games, but uh, those last two, and maybe Seattle isn't what we thought they were, or whatever the saying is, but uh, nonetheless, you know, uh, one of those West Coast trips, it's tough for the team. But uh, I wanted to ask you about the Cleveland Browns. Wouldn't it be something if Joe Flacco ended up being, you know, the hero for Cleveland and basically being a game manager? Because if they had a quarterback, imagine just how good that team actually
0: would be well they thought they had a quarterback and now he's not available to him and it looked like he was getting better in that second half of the baltimore game he was 14 for 14 you know so yeah i mean joe flacco that's pff, at this point the next guy up i'm surprised they've gone away from pj walker only because he was somewhat effective i know he fumbled a couple of times so maybe they're holding out against him
2: i just think that defense keeps him in the games i mean and, and every week, it's like there's a new bandwagon team. You know, the the Rams are the new bandwagon team. The Packers, and now Cleveland goes out there, and they just as easily, you know, could could shut down the Rams.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to go right down to the wire with all these games. It looks like on paper, the Steelers have a big advantage in scheduling, but you know, week to week, again, I'm 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 saying they should beat Arizona with ease. They should. But I wouldn't uh, be surprised. No, I wouldn't and, be surprised and if something happens that makes it closer. Could be turnovers. There are so many games I can point to in the in the, you know, the past. You remember that Houston Texans game here in Pittsburgh where they I had wish like three. Well, but, I, I'm just saying they happen out of nowhere, and then the line in that game was so big you thought there's no way they're going to lose, and they did.
2: Well, I, I did uh, lose a lot on that game, but that was a different lifetime ago. <laughs> anyway, so that's why I said I wish you wouldn't bring that.
0: up. Sorry, but, Joe. Uh, bad memories. As it
2: relates to uh, this season. You know, I think it's wide open. I mean, I don't see too many superior teams. The only one that, that I see is compared to the others is San Francisco. We'll find out more tomorrow.
0: Well, I wouldn't put uh, Eagles out of that conversation. They're going to find out. That's going to be a heck of a game, and it's a rematch of what we saw. So those two teams are, to me, the top two teams in the NFC. But you're right. There are a lot of teams that fit this mediocre um, you know, composition of roster. You don't see a lot of standout teams, even in the AFC now. I, I could make a case that Kansas City still is, you know, potentially the elite team. That's because of Patrick Mahomes, Joe. But you know, they don't have as many people stepping up. They're turning the ball over a lot. And Baltimore is on paper a good team. I don't know that I look at them the same way I look at San Francisco or Philly.
2: I'd like to see the Miami Dolphins beat, uh, you know, a really good team. But that's the kind of team uh, at home. Uh, with that offense, I mean, you could see them rolling through, uh, and they've got a star quarterback and the top receiver. So, you know, you, you know, they don't have a great defense, and you do still need a little bit of that. I think the Steelers can, can do okay for themselves. I, I can't see them, you know, getting all the way, but could they pull a surprise or two in the playoffs? I think they hey, could.
0: Listen, again, I'll cite it for the third time. Thanks, Joe, for the call. That you yes, know, Jacksonville last year was 4-7 and seven right now. They had like a 0. .6% chance of getting play, something ridiculous. Just like the Jets do. The Jets, Matt, did you know this? The Jets have a 0. .4% chance of getting into the playoffs. and yet Aaron Rodgers is thinking about returning. Why would they or him, allow I wouldn't allow that. They're you not gonna.
1: Him, I definitely want to come back.
0: Okay, well, and he still has one more year left. Why, why am I gonna jeopardize that for come back for this? They're four and seven. They're not gonna make the playoffs. But then again, I said that about Jacksonville last year, and look what they did. So they got in. You never know. 412 928 9370. We have a whole more hour coming up. Want to hear from you? We'll also talk about the Penguins and the Flyers tonight. Penguins coming off a nice win on the road against Tampa Bay. And they got some production from the lower six, the bottom six people starting to come through a little bit more to take some of the pressure off Sidney Crosby and Malcolm, those people. Uh, Sidney, though, continues at age 36 to be like that fine wine. You know, he is that Petrus 1966, or should I say Petrus 1987 vintage. But he's putting up big-time numbers. 412-928-9370. Now it's time for the weather, which is brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check red tag bonus sale going on now through December the 4th. SunChevy.com today. Uh, a little bit of rain here and there. Otherwise, cloudy and mild. As I said, high of 59 degrees. That's golfable. Tonight, cloudy passing shower, low of 47. We have another hour coming up. Call 412 928 9370. Love to talk to you right here on The Bob Pompiani Show, Sports Radio 937 The Fan.